0: So <laughs> that's, that's been fun. I'm trying to modern ideas yeah, and taking advantage of all the features that this SharePoint makes, but the old one doesn't. Great. uh trying to take advantage of it. Episode two Talkbots. It has begun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Carl. I'm Adam. This week, oh we've got a really great topic. Seriously. The the uh, the theme, the title of this episode is send in the clouds i think yeah
1: no that's That's it for sure send in the clouds i tried to share that my enjoyment of that title to other people
0: and it was totally lost Talking dead air no they don't get it no one has a clue what that means i couldn't believe it i know i was offended i was actually surprised you got it instantly yeah of course because you know a lot of people would not Apparently. Under a certain age.
1: Super weird. Yeah. Uh, maybe not super weird. I guess it's maybe I'm the super weird one.
0: No, I think you're just more culturally aware of things beyond your own right periphery. Sure. Like me. Yeah, yeah I understand. You're probably more aware of things older than you, and I'm probably unusually more aware of things that... A person my age would not normally be aware of. Right. But. Yeah. It's just a personality flaw. So, send in the clouds. We're talking about clouds, or specifically the cloud, uh, specifically cloud
1: storage. The conversation of uh, cloud is so big.
0: It is. It's. Because it's everything now. The cloud isn't just. Google Drive or OneDrive or by Cloud.
1: No, it's not. It's 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 it was so weird being like right in IT work as the cloud was emerging.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So four years before the cloud was a semblance of what it is now, because now it's even it's just it's everything. Yeah. Anyway, is that it was just, it was a buzzword that a CIO had read in CIO monthly. Mm-hmm. and was like, fucking cloud. We've got to do the cloud. Well, what's that mean? And no one could ever articulate it. And it was just this buzzword. Put it in the cloud. Let's do the cloud. And it didn't mean anything. It never meant anything. And then it started to, and it was, it's just so big. And to like the layman, it is just it's everything. That word encompasses everything, mm-hmm. uh, but also means nothing, yeah. which I suppose is probably par for the course for most things in technology. Like like when somebody knows that you work on computers and they need you to fix their printer because mm-hmm. you know computers, right? Right. You know what I know how to do? Burn down your fucking house. That's what I know <laughs> how to do. Anyway. Yeah, it's just so big that we, can, we have to pick a specific facet of it or it'll just be, yeah, cloud's big.
0: Well, and for what it's worth, what I do when I'm thinking of the cloud is I think of the cloud from a, from a work corporate perspective. And I think of cloud from a personal user perspective mm-hmm. that has no bearing on work. And um, it's, it's interesting how those two ways of thinking about the cloud or looking at the cloud um, are so different from each other because there are corporate organizations that rely on the cloud quite heavily, in some cases exclusively. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then at the other end of the corporate spectrum, there are still those companies that fear it, and really don't want to have to depend on it or put all of their stuff in it. Like the company that I work for, which shall remain nameless just to protect them. And, and I, I should preface this by saying this isn't a critique, what I'm about to say. It's just an observation. The company I work for has resisted putting anything in the cloud. They, they insisted on keeping all of our data on premises, in our own private servers. and
1: as Not even I, DR, disaster recovery?
0: Uh, except for disaster okay. recovery. Okay. And even that, the move to disaster recovery in the cloud was a very, very late uh, adoption of sure. cloud services. Sure. So we could for I mean, you know, for people who are wondering what the hell I'm talking about. We could have SharePoint in the cloud. We don't right now. We have we have uh SharePoint on premises. But there's talk about maybe going hybrid and maybe if everybody can get their head wrapped around it in a manner that makes them feel comfortable about it, we might actually go fully online. So they have done One thing that I think was extraordinarily smart, they said, considering the fact that um, not everything you could build on an on-premises SharePoint uh, site collection can be moved in its entirety into the cloud without losing stuff, we're only going to build the part that would move over lock, stock, and barrel. Great. Smart. But at the same time, they don't actually actively promote people using their OneDrive even though it comes with every office subscription that we buy for our users. Which blows my mind. But I think it's not necessarily because they don't trust the OneDrive. They don't trust their users to use it properly. They're, they're <laughs> And th- they
1: got SharePoint.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> SharePoint yeah, yeah I know, I okay. know, right. um, but you know, it, 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 I know, it doesn't make sense, but I, I think you know, when you get right down to it, a person has much more control over their own OneDrive than they would over a SharePoint site, unless they are an owner. Sure. So you can have some semblance of control to make sure that they don't give away the farm in their SharePoint site. Yeah, my thought was more sources. my thought
1: was less about giving things away and more about just data duplication, just a waste of just a waste of electrons and thus costing money. Like having local copies and a copy on SharePoint and a copy in your OneDrive. Well, what the hell's the point? Yeah. Which is the conversation about cloud storage, like where it falls down from a <clears throat> from a, a training perspective. But it's interesting that you say that you work for an organization that is uh, is a standoffish, mm-hmm. and I almost immediately jumped in and said, you live in a city that abhors the idea of cloud. We are so far behind that there aren't cloud jobs here, like like real cloud jobs. Really? But everywhere else on this planet, it feels, yep. is just cloud. Right. Everything. Every job offer I see, every email I get from a recruiter
0: mm-hmm.
1: is all latched on to to cloud and Calgary is not it well there's
0: they're coming
1: well they're, yeah well, apparently right.
0: Amazon is building a uh, server farm
1: yeah but that doesn't change Cowboys true but but eventually it will because eventually those people will die and right <laughs> right <laughs> like yeah. it'll happen no, I, yeah, no, yeah you're right it's yeah it's it's really it's interesting I I work for an organization where they were in the position of... They wanted to use the cloud, um, but they had some legal restrictions where data couldn't leave the province. So they wanted... They still liked the notion um, of having a cloud, but they were forced to build their own. Right, And so they did, and... Didn't do very well for for many reasons, mm-hmm. but ultimately that they weren't able, <clears throat> they weren't able to move to a real cloud like Azure or Amazon
0: mm-hmm.
1: or Google, I suppose, mm-hmm. because of those restrictions. Because the data would traverse um, not only provincial boundaries, but national national boundaries,
0: and that's kind of what held us back a bit. Right, the people in charge did not want the data being stored in the U.S. if it could be helped. Right. Because then you supposedly lose control over it. Sure. From a jurisdiction point of view. Yeah. Um, Which you absolutely do not. Not, not only that, but if uh, if I understand the law correctly, mm-hmm. if you have your data stored in a U.S. server farm, then you now immediately fall under the auspices of Sarbanes-Oxley, SOX. mm which means you've got to keep your data for many, many years, in case you're ever taken to court.
1: Yeah, I don't believe that's true. I don't believe you don't that's, think that's true. true. I don't believe it is. Even now, though it's
0: physically sitting in the United States. Yeah, I and you're think you're using a
1: U.S. service. Yeah, I believe that is. I believe th- you're exempt with data like that because it's where it originated, where your data right. originated, and who the owner of that data is. Okay. Because the cloud is so nebulous, like it, where it lives, like that's part of its design, that's part of its feature. But like the laws are still. Plus, um, you
0: have no control over where the data is actually being kept.
1: Right, right.
0: Because even if there were server farms in Canada, you don't know that your files are actually there. That's
1: right.
0: Um, They're probably scattered. But now that there growth.
1: are, but now both Azure and Amazon offer services that do allow. That data segregation, right? Yeah, your data doesn't have to leave Canada
0: if you believe that's actually happening.
1: Right, (laughs) right, (laughs) right.
0: Because you have no way of proving. No, because they're never going to let you see where your data actually is.
1: It probably not really. We can. Well, the thing is, is your data isn't in one place. No, your data is in many places. Yeah, right. And that's the whole point. That's the whole point of. The cloud is. Exactly.
0: That's is, is, that's its strength. Yeah, right. It can never go down because every part that fails, there's a backup somewhere else.
1: Many backups. Yeah. The distribution, redundancy is, well, it's as big as really you need it to be. If a user tries to access your data, like your webpage, let's say you're, you have a webpage about clowns because you're weird. And some guy in Thailand is very interested in clowns. Well, that data will eventually end up over there.
0: Right. Some of that data
1: right. will end up over there in <clears throat> the area just to just to help distribute it. So, yeah, you don't know where your data is. So, essentially, you just have to accept that it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So.
0: And this is something that, you know, now skipping over to the personal user side of the yeah. cloud conversation... This is something many users have no idea is true. Uh, There are many users that I come across even today that don't know, don't understand the cloud, nor do they think they trust it, mostly because they don't understand it. And uh, they've, you know, often looked to me to give them guidance as to, you know, Is it safe for me to put my files in in a OneDrive or in a Google Drive? And I have to explain to them, yes, it is. But what you have to understand, it's not the place you're putting it that you have to worry about. Because that's their business model now. That's what they're in the business of selling more Mm -hmm. than anything else. Mm -hmm. Is software and storage as a service. Don't worry about that aspect of it. They've got it covered your data is safer in their hands than it is pretty much anywhere else, what you have to worry about is the credentials you use to access that data. Yep. Because if your login and or password can be guessed or cracked, that's what you need to worry about. Period. And thankfully, Microsoft is actually doing users a favor by, on the personal OneDrive side, offering them things like Personal Vault where not only is a username and password protecting the data, but within the personal vault, there's actually a second set of authentication that you have to do to open that vault up. Right. So, you, you know, you want to put your uh, steamy pictures or sensitive documents, your will, that kind of thing. You don't want other people to have access to it, even if they do figure out what your OneDrive account credentials are, they still won't get into your personal vault. Right, unless they have the other thing as well.
1: Uh, a great way to do do it. Um, it's not infallible, certainly. No. But a nice way is two factor, and so you get a text every time you gotta access your vault. Yeah. Or your storage, yep. or where whatever. So that that helps as well. Um, it's also super futuristic and cool to get a text message from the robot. With a little code and you got to put it in and you feel like you're fucking James Bond. Yeah, it's only pictures of your kid's fucking birthday. Just chill out. But, um, yeah, it, yeah, password vaults are uh, yeah, really important. And my password vault lives in the cloud. I can access it from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't use Microsoft. So I don't have a local database with my passwords in it. I don't know what any of my passwords are. The only password I know is the master password to my vault. Right, it's the only password I know. Everything right. else is auto-generated, thirty-two characters long, just nonsense, mm-hmm. and then it just autofills. Yeah. So and it's accessible on any device. So, huh, yeah, but and, and it these, solves
0: a lot of problems because you know people yeah. will waste hours trying to explain to people how to build a strong password. If you have a password vault, it can do all of that for you. You don't need to remember anything.
1: Except the master password. It's really interesting to watch people sort of freak out about the concept of not knowing their password. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you not know your password? I don't have to know it. No. I don't know any of them. And I'm not being hyperbolic. Mm -hmm. I don't know any of them. Because I don't need to. Right. Yeah. So and just for anybody listening who's like, what the fuck are you talking about? How do you not know your password? You always have to remember that there's always that little bit at the login, like if your password vault fails or is compromised or whatever, there's always the, the little link at the bottom of a username and password going, I forgot my password. And you can just reset it because you, you still have your email address. Mm-hmm. So you can still get your shit sent to you, and then you can reset it to whatever you want. Mm-hmm. So you always will have access not knowing the password doesn't mean you don't have access. Right. If you lose access to your email or your phone and and your password, okay, well, then you might be in trouble, but you got bigger issues if you've lost all that shit. Mm-hmm. Then, right? And still then, most services can just be contacted with a little bit of proof you can get them all back. So, yeah, don't know your passwords because there are no excuses anymore to writing your passwords down on a fucking post-it Underneath your keyboard, which still exists mm-hmm. every day, all day oh, long. Oh, I know. Yeah. So, whoever's listening, don't do it. And if I find out you're doing it, I'll laugh. That's it. That's all I'll do is I'll
0: <laughs> laugh. Top three places people f- hide their passwords thinking they're clever. Under the keyboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, taped to the check signing tray, if you've got one of those desks. <laughs> check signing tray. <laughs> So, hey, there's yeah. a lot of desks that oh, yeah. still have one of those Yeah, I, Yeah,
1: no shit. Uh, oh, the mouse pad. Oh, yeah.
0: Under the mouse pad. Sure. Because no one would ever think to look there. No. Only you Yeah. would ever think of it. But that.
1: it's super funny, because you think about passwords, it's like, who the fuck is going around looking at your Post-its anyway? It's not about that. It's the fact that it's password123. That's the fucking problem. Yes. Not Or it's your kid's birthday. Right. And you go into work every day and tell... Helen, that it's Trevor's birthday on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Well, Helen knows your password, and so do I, because I heard you down the hall. That's right. That's the problem. Not you writing it down anymore. Yes, social hacking, social like busting into buildings and acquiring passwords, yeah, that's a thing, but your dumbass is going to click a link in an email far before someone's breaking in to look under your keyboard for your password. True. Right? It's still a thing, and you shouldn't do it. Of course you shouldn't do it. Of course you shouldn't do it, but...
0: And your password's much more likely to be compromised because you use it on 30 different websites, and two of them have been compromised in the last three years.
1: What we'll do in the description of this video is that I'll put a link to a website that you can go and look up to see if your email and any accounts that you use that email with have been compromised. Bad news? They have.
0: You're talking about have I been pwned?
1: Yeah. 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 So, yeah, bad news is you absolutely have. That's why you have Mm -hmm. strong passwords. That's why you rotate them. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: And by the way, in case you do uh, use that link that we're going to share with you uh, in the description and you plug in your email address as an example and it says, yeah, your email address is part of like five different compromises over the last 10 years. What do you do about it? Well, whatever sites have been compromised, you want the credentials for those sites changed. That's all. That's all you have to do.
1: Well, that and because everybody reuses passwords. I don't care who you are. Everybody reuses passwords. So the the chances that a website that you have logged into has been compromised and that email or that password is now known is very high. But if it's something like fucking MySpace that you don't obviously don't go to anymore, but you're still using that password, you have to go to all of the websites that are currently using that shitty password and change it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about necessarily going to the old ones. Yeah. Because when I looked it up, there were so many sites that just aren't a thing anymore, or if they are, they're really not relevant to my life. Yeah. Who pays for porn? Nobody. That's actually how I found... um, have I been pwned was that I got an email from a nefarian (laughs) telling me that um, it had caught me with my hands full, if you will, with my webcam and it was going to send that video to all of the people that I know. Right. If I didn't give them some Bitcoin or whatever the fuck it was. And I was, and I'd never received one. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. Uh-oh. So I, I freaked out and called a friend and he's like, no, man, I got that, like, 15 minutes ago, too. Yeah. So I was like, okay. And then he told me about that website, and then I just sat staring at my screen, terrified, for a little while, and then just realized that security through obscurity is actually a thing. And But yeah, that's how I found it, diddling my zeros and ones. So there's a story for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> M- masturbating in computer security. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Cloud storage is phenomenal, though. Like, it... I was such an early adopter just because I had so many computers. And it was always a bitch to set up a share. Like, annoying to not only set one up, like on my network, I mean. Yeah. and But maintain it. And you always think that you're a smart guy, so you have a fucking Linux box in the house. And you're trying to run Samba. And it always goes bad because it's Samba. And it's just... It gets annoying. So, I... Was a, a I was an early adopter of the idea. My first use of it really was email, Is I just email myself shit, and keep it in my inbox, mm-hmm. and it's it's still there. And it was a form of storage. Mm-hmm. It. Dropbox, when Dropbox first became a thing, I was in immediately. I was mm-hmm. like, this is cool. Yeah, and I use far too many because now it's just. Now they just hand it out they just give it to you because there's so much money to be made when you hit that threshold of you've used up all your free space mm-hmm. and now they're like now it's gonna be four bucks to get right. to get a huge upgrade, but it's still four bucks a month right so but yeah Dropbox onedrive Google geez. well and
0: here's and here's something I've got my toes in every well except for Dropbox I've got my toes in every Cloud service, pretty much, that there is. Like, you know what I mean? I've, I, I'm using Google Drive, I'm using OneDrive to a lesser degree. Um, to be honest, I'm only using OneDrive because I have to for work and I have to for the other courses that I teach on the side because they're fully entrenched in the Microsoft environment. Right. Um, and then I have an iCloud, I have iCloud storage oh, yeah. too. Jesus. And unfortunately, the only reason I have iCloud storage is because I have an Apple account, because I have an iTunes account, because I have an iPhone and an iPad. Um, And at one time, I had a MacBook, too. And uh, iCloud are probably the worst when it comes to value for money. I actually had to spend more money to make my iCloud space or capacity bigger so that I could back up my two devices. Right. Without running out of space. Sure. Which was nuts. It's how they get you. And then I realized, <laughs> and, and only then did I realize, I don't have to save all my photos in one cloud. I can save them in Google Drive instead. So long as I have the Google Drive app running on my phone. Mm-hmm. Which is very counterintuitive. The living in the Apple universe does not make you think that you can leverage your Google services to assist with, what you've got on an iPhone, right. but it turns out that you can't. Mm-hmm. Not only that, it does a better job, and unfortunately it's no longer free. Uh, <laughs> but then what I did was, because uh, I, I wanted to get a newer laptop, and I had owned a MacBook up until then, and I ended up selling it for a great deal of money because it is one of the few pieces of technology you can actually get good money for uh, if you sell it used later on. Um, I thought, okay, so what am I going to get next? Am I going to get a Windows laptop? Or am I going to get a Chromebook and give that a try? Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, I'm making use of so many Google services as it is now. Why not get a Chromebook and give it a try? They're a hell of a lot cheaper. And let's see if this thing is all it's cracked up to be and the beauty of that was the minute i paid for the chromebook i got an immediate upgrade from 15 gigs of data to 100 oh yeah for three years or two years or whatever the case may be and again that's where they get you because you know damn well as soon as that two years is up and they go "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, it's going to revert back to 15 gigs i'm going to get all panicky and go oh no no I want my 100 gigs. Here's some of my money. And I'll keep paying that to you forever. Yep. So that I
1: never lose it. Or worse, you have used more than your 15 gigs. And when they. If you don't pay for it, you will lose data. Yes. And it is non recoverable. Nope. So. Where's my $4? Yeah. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Fuck.
0: But, but. I find it's worth it because, I mean, just to give you an example, every picture that means anything to me is in Google Photos. Right. And what I love about that, I just have to search the word cat and every picture I own that's got a cat in it is instantly there. Right. And they're not even tagged as cat. Not by you. No. <laughs> by something else. That's right. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. AI has done it for me. Oh. Which is awesome. Scary, but -hmm. it's also awesome. Yeah. When I say, you know, when I search San Diego, it shows all the pictures that I've ever taken in San Diego. I don't even have to go looking for them anymore. I don't even have to put them in albums. That's almost a waste of time now. It only really organizes things for the human mind. Mm. But they're totally unnecessary.
1: It's interesting that something that you said... Strikes me because it's, it, it seems like direct opposition to uh, or abhorrence towards is Dropbox. You don't want it? Like, it there, seems like there's a reason not to have
0: um, it. never really had a reason why I didn't use it. Um, I'd have to really think back a long time ago when Dropbox first became a thing... I really couldn't tell you with any degree of honesty why I chose not to leverage Draw. I did sign up for it. I did try it. But I really couldn't tell you why I never continued to use it. Um, I think it it honestly may have had a lot to do with the fact that the people I wanted to share it with were cloud cloudophobes or technophobes. Sure, they just didn't have a clue what I was talking about, and it was just gonna to be too much work to explain to them what we were about to do mm-hmm. in you know with my Dropbox to be worth the trouble. Gotcha, <laughs> so yeah. I just stopped using it because you know it'd be like owning a 5G phone and you're the only one, yeah, in town, right? And everybody's like, I don't have a vaccine though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah yeah. <laughs> How yeah. could I have five G?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so I think that's all it was. It was yeah. just bad timing.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 I asked that question because I am like that with OneDrive. I do not fucking use it. Right. I don't know why. I think probably just,
0: just no Up Yours to...
1: Microsoft. What's that? Up yours Microsoft. Oh, okay. That that's where it's it like comes a, from. When I hear OneDrive, yeah, it's ridiculous. But it's there. Stick, and, stick it to the bill. Yeah, man. Wow. Well, <laughs> talking about vaccines. Um, <laughs> he... I don't know what... It, like, way from way back, when it started showing up, I was like, I don't need that shit. I don't want that. I don't need Microsoft knowing my stuff for whatever uneducated, ridiculous reason. Mm-hmm. And just, it was so long ago. Now I'm just... I just don't use it. Right. Now, with Windows 10... um on my last rebuild, I just I just pressed yes to everything because I just don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. And it uses OneDrive quite a bit. It does backups and shit like that. And that I don't care about. It's not data I'm ever going to access. Right. Ever. Right? The shit it backs up is DLLs. <laughs> like Yeah, yeah. If this goes bad, well, I will just put my thumb drive back in and nuke it. <laughs> so ultimately where my question came from and... Uh, not necessarily answered with you, but for me, it absolutely is. It's like, it's Coca-Cola and Pepsi. It's brand Mm -hmm. loyalty. It's so crazy. And it just, it just gets you all the time. Well,
0: and I mean, like you, uh, I wouldn't, if I didn't have the kind of job that I have, I wouldn't be using OneDrive either. I wouldn't even know how it works. Mm. Um, But because it's available at work, and I wouldn't be much of a trainer if I didn't know how it worked so that I could at least explain it to them a little bit. Right. Um, I wouldn't be using it. And then, of course, because I've got a second gig that I do part-time, and they put all their stuff in, in OneDrive, I don't really have much of a choice but to use it there either. But I have to say that although I have to know OneDrive at work, and therefore use it a little bit so that I could go see the OneDrive can store stuff. I am storing stuff in it. I never use that stuff, but it's there so that I can show it off like a museum piece. There is one element of OneDrive that I absolutely abhor and it's the syncing with the personal computer. Mm. I do not want it seems like every time I have ever come across a computer where there is active syncing going on between folders on the computer and the OneDrive in the cloud, there is a performance issue that is just unbelievably...
1: Like an IOPS performance or like a network performance?
0: Uh, IOPS. Yeah. The computer just like disk thrashing, like no... You know, when you open up Task Manager and you look and see how much of your you know disk usage is, is going on or disk activity and it's pegged at a hundred percent it's almost invariably tied to the syncing activity hmm. and I find that uh, Microsoft services and um, whether they're local or networked are so chatty
1: yeah that's what happens when you got NetBIOS IPv4 oh and God. IPv6 it's insane yeah man there's a lot of chatter and Microsoft it's just what it I know. Does. It's, it's a recipe talks. for, it's,
0: it's a recipe talks, for network congestion constantly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it. And, and uh, I'm a Google fanboy all the way. I'm using all their services. Um,
1: it's funny you say, sorry to interrupt, Carl, but yeah. it's like, like I'm in it. But that's the fucking thing. Everybody is. You don't for have sure. a choice anymore. Like, right. You are in it. You were in it, and you may or may not know it. So, if your mom is freaking out about what it means to use the cloud, just tell her she's her smartphone is on the cloud. Right? All of it is. Yeah. So, uh, if you if you have to explain it to a very layman, just remind them, or somehow remind them, or teach them that they're already using it, and mm-hmm. it's not terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not a fanboy of really any of them. It's just whatever meets the need. Dropbox was just, like I said, like I've probably already mentioned, I just got in early, so I just use it. Mm-hmm. And I just pay them a little bit more money. I think I pay for Pro even, mm-hmm. for whatever the fuck Pro got me when they told me that I could buy it. Mm-hmm. And I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I don't know what it does for me. It's just nice to be able to get any kind of data anywhere. like All sorts of weird shit. And then you... Keep and then the hoarder inside of you. A and E needs to have a show. Like Hoarder's Digital Edition. <laughs> just people who fucking keep everything. Yeah. Alright? Yeah. you do. Yeah. I did before. And like every time you go to format your computer, you, I spend way longer going, Oh, well, I better back that up. Yeah. I better save that yeah. stupid fucking yeah. picture. Yeah. Man. Yeah, you just hoard data. All I, useless data. I
0: I got introduced to a whole new kind of data hoarding at my current job because I came across this sales guy who... But he said, yeah, my outlook is, like, super, super slow. Oh, God. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Tell me more. And, he, you know, he was kind of, like, painting the picture for me. And I was like, how many email messages do you have? And he's like, 26,000. And I'm like in outlook and he's like yeah and i just I, I i just i didn't know what to say
1: oh yeah i was yeah.
0: like why
1: yeah right click on outlook.psd because see what it looks i like. can't
0: i can't <laughs> ma- i can't bring myself to deleting any of these messages oh, just yeah, in man. case
1: i'm the same way
0: and i'm just like seriously oh my god man
1: no oh yeah man I'm- my my email is like i might as well be collecting fucking safeway bags it's the same thing, dude. Wow. I keep them all out oh, of wow. terror. terror. Really? Ah, it just, wow. it's ridiculous. Not me. Man, any future employees, that's not, that was all bullshit. That's a lie. I'm very well organized.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a fucking nightmare, man. Every inbox I've ever had was just overrun. Wow. So, like, I already know. An episode that we need to do, and I'm just going to shut up, and you're going to talk about organization because I have none. Okay. So, yeah, but yeah, I get that data hoarding. I I get it. That. Yeah, I got all sorts of weird shit.
0: Because I've uh, that I've actually talked to quite a few people at work exactly uh, strategies that they can try. Uh, And and they're scary strategies because like someone like you, the ideas that I would be suggesting to you you would probably go oh my god there's right. no way i could do that right yeah
1: yeah but they need but but you like kind of to have, have to. to try yeah you have man i yeah. so, uh, hopefully <laughs> hopefully it's not going through fucking everyone going does this email bring me joy cuz it's going to take a long time. <laughs>
0: yeah no kidding
1: 26000 emails
0: well i've got a you know not to not to steal the thunder of the topic that'll be in the next episode but i've i've got a habit that i get into and it's It does actually bring me joy. In the couple of days leading up to Christmas break, I will actually go into my deleted items folder and my sent items folder and get rid of anything more than two years old. Bar none. Right. Bar none. Because the way I look at it, if I haven't had to refer back to it by now, I probably never will.
1: Probably probably
0: (laughs) and you know if i have second thoughts about that all i all i ask myself is what's the worst that could happen uh the worst that could happen is i'll be in a discussion with somebody over something that happened and i won't be able to actually prove it right if it was message related
1: yep ooh
0: you know in in my world it's not the end of the world now it might be for a salesperson who has to prove to a customer that they said what they said or whatever but you know that's where you kind of have to right from day one go okay is this something that could come back to haunt me no gone yes okay we'll hang on to it but how many of those messages would you really have in your possession one out of 20 one out of 50
1: Oh, I don't know. Probably it less. depends on your job. Yeah,
0: it totally depends. And on I don't your know job. if it comes if you're from the
1: CFO. A, yeah, there's there might be a little, a, little, a
0: little bit more. Yeah,
1: their PST files are huge, for reasons like that. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if it came from a place of being a consultant for so long, where accountability is everything. Like yes. there are people who are trying to throw you under the bus constantly. Right. So you just gotta. And even if it is two years old, you don't know if you know, Janice is going to fucking come at you. You don't know. That bitch is feisty. Like, you don't know. So, yeah. But but the real problem for me is, man, we're all over the map here, but is, um, like this it. is a bit of a psychology podcast today, yeah. where, like, what I'll do is that I'll have so many where I'll, you know, get up the gusto to be like, all right, I'm going to get rid of some of these emails. And it's so overwhelming that it'll just be click at the bottom, hold down shift and click. I don't know, forty percent of the way up and delete. Right. And just leave with the consequences. I, yeah, I don't know what I've just deleted. Right. But the thought process goes well. I probably haven't. I probably won't need any of that. Right. And now it's gone. Right. So and I don't like. And have how you I ever feel. regretted it? Has it ever come back to haunt you? I want to say probably one time it did. Yeah. I can't remember the story, but I haven't like that. Like there was a visceral feeling when you just asked me that. I think there was one instance of it in the 23 years that I've been doing this. Wow. Right. So one time, like so. So yeah. Chill out and start deleting. Made the right decision. Yeah, man. (laughs) Yeah. God.
0: (laughs) But yeah. My Gmails Data like that orders, too though, man. digital edition. Yeah, yeah, that would be a that would be a good episode.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty pretty niche. Uh, I've
0: got fifteen external hard drives.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Five
0: of them contain email messages. Yeah, man. Because Google said enough already. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get rid of them. And when Google tells you enough already, you know you have a problem.
1: Oh man. <laughs> I'm scanning coupons. <laughs> <laughs> what the? Yeah, dude.
0: I've got, got 50,000 photos of my house, just in case I have to put in an insurance claim. There's an, There's the living room from this angle, and then from up here, and then from down there.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they're 14 the years old, and you've painted three times. That's right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh my Most of God. them don't
0: even matter anymore.
1: Mostly, oh, yeah, it's a hope that I can, like, just somewhere in, in the midst of it, I still have naked pictures of ex-girlfriends. That's why I can't delete any of it. It's what if. <laughs> Sorry, wow. darling. I
0: didn't actually think we'd get into
1: revenge porn as a topic today. So it's all good. for myself. Oh, okay. It's all about that guy emailing me about... Right. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay. It's kind of related to the topic Mm -hmm. of this episode. (laughs) You know, everything is in the cloud, and now so are movies and TV. Do you you subscribe to any of the streaming services?
1: Yes, absolutely. Which ones? Well, Amazon. Yep. Netflix. Yep. Uh, Crave.
0: Yep, I do now.
1: Yeah, and that's just because we, yeah, Crave's... I needed yeah, to catch up on some that. series
0: that I yeah. can't get any other way. Right.
1: Like billions t- and stuff. Uh, what else? Disney? No, we nuked that. It sucked. Really? Yeah, it was, well, I, we, it's terrible. There Mandalorian, are, but, though. Yeah, but there are other ways to acquire such a show. I know. Um, yeah, Disney was terrible. Its library was small and... Especially for the super company. You yeah, would think I that know. they'd have all their shit figured out. Mm-hmm. They don't. No. They just want your money until they figure it out. Right. And I thought that was unfair, and I didn't like it.
0: Yeah, I give Disney my money begrudgingly only to get access to the content they've decided is theirs, and they're not going to share it with any other service.
1: Right. Uh,
0: I It's it's gotten to the point now where I'm afraid where this, this is going to get you know to the point where instead of instead of subscribing to eight freaking packages in a cable subscription yep you're going to be subscribing to eight different streaming services to see what you want to see oh yeah and i hate it
1: yeah and it costs you the same amount of money right 12 bucks in here 14 bucks exactly. there so yeah,
0: i've made up my mind that i will not be subscribing to disney permanently I bought myself a year subscription just so that I could watch as much as I possibly could. Yep. Uh, until I get it out of my system and then I'll see how I feel after that year is up about ditching it. Yeah, I don't years. I don't
1: bulk pay for any subscription because of that. Yeah. I get tired of it, I right. cut it off. Right. It's just it's in and out. And if something comes on it that I want to watch, I'll subscribe for one month. Right. And then out it goes. Right. Yeah, it's yeah. just... I was going to do that too, but I realized... Like how much bacon do you really save? Like, yeah, I know. Not super significant. No. And more, like, you're not going to watch... Well, you might watch it for a year. I wouldn't watch it for a year. We had it for... I think you got three months when you signed up. You got three months free or some shit like that. And yeah, back well, in I the was, day. Yeah, yeah. We, I was way done with it before that three months was up. Oh, nice. But yeah, like, I love that these streaming services can use the same services that I can. There's something really cool about that. Like, to bring it back around Mm -hmm. to the cloud Mm -hmm. conversation, Mm -hmm. it, like, like Netflix uses Amazon's S3 service. Like, it's, it's incredible that I can... I don't know if it's incredible. It just feels cool that I can go and take advantage of this technology and leverage it in any way that I want to, the same way that, like, these super companies, huge companies do. Dropbox uses Amazon shit. Mm-hmm. It's so cool, but I don't know why it's so cool. I think it's just cool. It's just mm-hmm. like buying a Ferrari because Tom Selleck like, drove a fucking Ferrari. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But, yeah, it's neat. The concept is really neat. That's what I like about Netflix, too. Like, the, the whole... Or Amazon... But mostly Netflix because they're the the OGs with it. Is like you can just get this content anywhere. The notion of the cloud is still super cool.
0: It is. It's totally cool. But it does have its flaws. Um, if I had the power to change anything about the cloud on the entertainment side of things, mm-hmm. see my movie collection. Mm-hmm. I wish I could move that entire movie collection into the cloud. Mm -hmm. courtesy of the people who made those
1: movies. Oh, I see what you mean.
0: Now, the thing is, some of them I already have because we got to a certain point in the evolution of entertainment in the cloud that when you bought a DVD or a Blu-ray, it would come with a code, and if you redeemed that code, you would be able to store a digital version of that movie either in Google Play or um, iTunes. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Which is great. I take advantage of that every chance I get. The problem is three quarters of my movie collection came out before that was a thing. And I'd like to ditch those discs Mm -hmm. and have everything in the cloud, having already bought and paid for those movies. Right. But there is no retroactive service available, you know, where you could pop your DVD into a player and say, see, I have the disc. And they go, oh, well, in that case... Will enable it in the cloud as well so that you don't have to keep pulling that disc out and playing it. That would be, yeah. Watch
1: it. Yeah, that's an impossible thing, but it would be super cool.
0: And never say impossible because there was a time, Adam, when I thought to myself, and I thought about it for many years, how cool would it be if someday we could just pay $12 a month and have access to every goddamn song that was ever written? Right. And now we have it. Yeah. And people said, that'll never happen. Right. And here it is. We've had it for years. Spotify. Oh my God. I love Spotify. Yeah. Why can't they do that for movies? I'd buy it. Right. Are you kidding me? Right. Well, Disney's. Every movie ever made? Yeah. How much do you want?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's an easily justifiable expense. And if they make it a reasonable price, everyone would buy it. Right. Everyone would buy
1: it. Well, that's why Netflix is so huge. I know. Because they have because it's a big taste of that. Yeah, Yeah, but why... Okay, yeah, you're right. I said impossible, and nothing's impossible until... Like, it's impossible until somebody makes it possible. Or till the greed factor diminishes enough. Right, and good luck with that. Yeah. Right? It's just the way licensing works... It's just—it's the same reason why things go off of Netflix. Mm -hmm. It's not because they don't have any more storage. No, it's because the legal—they only had rights to it for a couple years or whatever. So that's the problem. Yeah. So, yeah, it would be interesting to have a service that existed that had every movie available, but you only have access to it if you've already bought it. That would be interesting. Yeah. But then you got so many. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Cuz then you're just basically paying a maintenance fee to keep that service alive. Sure. Yeah.
1: And I have something similar to it where I use the uh the media service yeah. Plex, right. I use that and, you know, I'll rip a DVD mm-hmm. if I can't find it. Mm-hmm. So to speak. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and my drives are in my house, right? But so it's not—it's certainly not the same, but I can access Plex anywhere. It's accessible through the cloud as long as I allow it through my firewall, right? Will it play so, on your TV? Plays on my TV. Plays on my phone. Plays on my laptops. Plays everywhere. Okay. And it's phenomenal. Serve and it's free. So you basically built your own cloud. Yeah, yeah. Your own
0: private cloud. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. And hard drives are cheap, so I just built a big SAN, mm-hmm. right? And just rotate movies in and out I don't hoard them all and whatever but I I would love that too I would love to be able to rip every DVD that I have and store it somewhere and have it accessible but it's just such an astronomical amount of data that you could do it if you want to pay a service to do it and, and I bet you Plex you can point it to a volume a shared volume well you certainly could through Amazon you mm-hmm. can point it to a a an S3 volume if you paid for it but then you'd have to pay for it. Yeah. Even the the low tier super cold storage would be really expensive.
0: On the music side of things I I never I never (laughs) dreamed that we would actually get to where we are today because I'm like a giant music fan I have been all my life I think my biggest complaint about music my music uh, uh, love my passion for music is that I could never afford to be put in touch with music I have not yet heard fast enough and easily enough without having to go and buy it because, God forbid, they should play new interesting music on the radio, you know, that wasn't a clone of something else that was already on the radio, um, and I uh, accumulated hundreds and hundreds of CDs. And then Spotify came around and after I let it settle down and prove itself and started reading the feedback of the people who were using it, uh, I realized, oh, my God, my wish has finally come true. And it's been great because, you know, before I'd hear about a new artist or a new song by uh, an existing artist and I would go, man, I sure wish I could you know, get my hands on that to listen to in the car, or on my phone, without having to watch it on YouTube or illegally download it off the internet. And Spotify solved that problem because now the minute you introduce me to something new, I am going to look it up on there, and I'm going to play it, and I'm going to see what else they've got, and I'm going to decide right there on the spot. And and I mean, I've even made audition playlists. Where I'll throw a song that I think I like in this audition playlist and I'll just keep going back to it and going, do I still like this? Yeah, it's still got potential. It still gives me joy. (laughs) (laughs) And if it doesn't, I turf it. Right. Because if it was really meant to be in my collection of liked songs, I'll probably rediscover it again sooner or later anyway. Um, But if not, you know, there's so many tens of thousands hundreds of thousands of other pieces of music out there that uh, need my attention
1: it's nuts the whole concept of the music of music in that manner is yeah. that I was the same way too is that I just couldn't get enough uh, I just couldn't get enough music I mm-hmm. still can't get enough music mm-hmm. and this has just facilitated that that addiction and the I'm not going to say downside because it's not a downside because it's a wonderful thing to be able to consume art in such an accessible manner Mm -hmm. is that it's too much. Like, I've got too much music because I... That's what the service should be called. Much music would soothe them, but it's just called too much music. Yeah. Is, like, I'll hear something new uh, that I stumble on Yep, I'll go acquire it. I'll listen to it,
0: and you'll never hear it again. I'll three never
1: hear it again.
0: Oh, I and know. I
1: have thousands and thousands and thousands. Because I'm a guy also who won't download a song. I hate it. Right. It. I don't know why, but it bugs me. Is that I need to, a record is a piece of art, or a, not a record? An album is a piece of art mm-hmm. that's put in order for a reason, mm-hmm. and you got to listen to it all. You can listen to that one song until you're like, okay, yeah, that's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. But now you have to listen to the whole thing. Mm. So I have thousands of albums. Mm. And that is what happens, is that they disappear. Mm-hmm. Until I put it on shuffle. And I'm like, what the... And, and you do you get to rediscover it. But there was so much pleasure in it. I'm like, I wish I would have been listening to this more.
0: Spotify, two things fix your goddamn shuffle algorithm so that I'm not hearing the same song three times in a week. Hmm. And number two, make it possible to link songs together in a playlist that were meant to be played one right after the other like they are on the album. That's an interesting idea. Because there's nothing worse than you get to the 15-second introduction to that amazing song and that introduction is integral to that song being as awesome as it is. Yep. And all you get is that 15 second introduction, and then Backstreet Boys comes on. No, it doesn't. I don't have them in my collection. Madonna, maybe, but not Backstreet Boys. Yeah, it drives me off the wall.
1: That is and bonkers. It, I don't just... use Spotify. You don't, eh? Hey? No, what do you it's use? Apple Music.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Just got in bed with it again when it first came out i was mm-hmm. like cool and spotify i didn't really latch on because spotify has been out for quite a bit longer mm-hmm. uh, quite a bit longer and uh i just i just never i don't know why i just never did it i think that was back in the day when i was still wearing an eye patch and right stumbling across the seven seas so okay. it was just like why
0: does Apple Music do a good job curating new stuff for you to listen to? I
1: don't I don't listen to new music through okay. that service. Okay. I I get my new music in in spits and spits and spurts through different means like websites or sometimes I'll just cruise through Bandcamp or Reddit and yeah, and then that's how I will go and acquire it. And the downside for me is is that there is a lot of music that I can't get from those services still. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of weird, obscure shit that just... Yeah, true enough. ...hasn't made it yet. Yeah. So Bandcamp needs to offer a service like that. That would be really cool, mm-hmm. is if that they you could pay that, and it pays an artist that is far more deserving and in need of money than you two...
0: I make use of two Spotify uh, features that are okay. Uh, one is every week on Monday I'm presented with a brand new 30-song playlist of suggested songs based on what I've got collected in my liked songs. Oh yeah, Apple does
1: that too. Yeah, okay. Um,
0: and it's okay. I mean, I've been introduced to a, a few songs here and there that I didn't know existed. Or reintroduced, reacquainted with songs that I hadn't heard in decades and went, oh my God, is that what that song's called? The other one in Spotify is if you select any song in your liked songs collection and go to song radio for that song, it'll throw together a bunch of songs that it feels you'll like since you like that particular song. Yep. Which is really kind of lame because it does a kind of a very repetitive job of just reintroducing you to other music by the same artist and other artists that would be in the same sort of genre if you were in Music Plasma, where you're looking at artists that, are, that sound very similar to other artists. But believe it or not, the place where I have stumbled across more new music lately than through any other source is live streaming KCRW in L.A., which is, uh, it would be a college radio station if it weren't a commercial radio station. Hmm. That's the kind of music they play. It's anything goes, and it's not top 40. Right. And it's, you know, the Lana Del Rey's of the mm-hmm. world, and, and uh, sure. you know, artists that will never hear on normal radio here in Canada. Music that kind of takes you a little bit closer to the edge, and uh, yeah, I've discovered a lot of uh, really cool artists through that radio station, through that radio station's stream.
1: Music that takes you a little bit closer to the edge. Should, would that genre be called? Be, would that genre be called precipice rock? How about that? Huh? Huh? Yeah. Sure oh come on well
0: no because it's too (laughs) well no I like the precipice word it's the rock part because it's not all necessarily rock oh jeez but yeah precipice pop
1: cliff tunes cliff tunes oh my god that sounds like a guy who enjoys Jimmy Buffett (laughs) (laughs) or Jimmy Cliff well I no that's not fair (laughs) don't put those two together it's not fair at all
0: <laughs>
1: Probably to either one. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no doubt. So, name one artist you've discovered recently that you're uh, kind of enamored with right now. It's okay, we'll edit out the uncomfortable silence while you think about it. I gotta
1: look. I yeah, gotta look.
0: Too. I'm gonna have to open up my Spotify too. It's pretty sad. That's the thing. And that's it's how that, you know you so have access to so much music, you can't even remember yeah, the dude. ones that have impacted you lately. Oh so fucking. Much. Oh, I know. It's, what have I listened to lately?
1: Oh, there's there's Jun Fukachami who is a Japanese jazz artist. There's some Yeah, Japanese jazz was a thing I was getting into for a little while. Uh-huh. And it's pretty wild shit. Like nothing too crazy, but it was really quite enjoyable. Yeah. So there was that. Um, that's the new artist stuff, probably. There's old shit that I have been listening to. Yeah. Like uh, I uh, downloaded and listened to probably three times now the ultimate collection by Whitney Houston. Oh yeah. The goddamn phenom. Hmm. The meth smoking phenom. <laughs> Crack smoking It wasn't meth I don't think That took that poor woman But uh, Yeah she was incredible Absolutely incredible So That's been one I've been listening to for sure Earthless is another one It's stoner rock It's like A mix between Like prog rock And Earth Earthless Earthless Yeah Stoner rock I've really been enjoying too Because I was a huge fan of Grunge that was my mm-hmm. that was my jam. And the heavier side of grunge, like the Melvins or Tad or... Yeah, so I like that kind of stuff and just let it go as I became an adult. And then I just stumbled upon it somewhere and I was like, hey man, this is really awesome. And the prog rock bit of it is that like songs are like 14 minutes long. Wow. Which... I love pro rock, is amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. Like it takes you on a musical journey. It's not a song about an ex girlfriend, it's about the conception of that ex girlfriend and how she traveled through her life, and then, yeah, and then mm-hmm. how you became a wizard and traveled through time. I've definitely got a thing for boards of Canada. Oh, yeah, nice,
0: <laughs> cool. Yeah, in fact, one of the recently, re- or just a um, long time for a long time now.
1: What, a rediscovery? Yeah, kind of. Cool. Kind of.
0: Oh, there, yeah, there we go. Um, I always get the pronunciation wrong, but Kronbin. Uh They're a trio out of uh, Texas. K-H-R-U-A-N-G-B-I-N. The music oh, is... Oh, yeah, I know them. Yeah. Yeah, the... Uh... The the main guitarist, his
1: influences are, are very Middle Eastern and... Um, yeah, that is absolutely not how you pronounce it if it's the band that I'm thinking Prime of. Band? And I fucking do it, too. Like, I can't... Uh, let's just compare... Where are you? The
0: song most people
1: know is, like, August 12, or... And maybe it's not the same band. Yeah, no, it is. Lady and the Man. Yeah. Yeah. Mind-blowing. And Contoro El Mundo yeah. is a phenomenal record. Yeah. Agreed. You can just... Put it, on, Put it on, and it'll go over yeah. and over and over, yep. and You'll never get tired. You, you won't even notice. No. That's what I found with that thing, is that I found that I listened to it probably three times until I was like, wait, I fucking heard this song. And, yeah, I had many times. Have you ever seen them live? Like, even a YouTube video of them? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I went down a deep hole with them. Yeah, they're really good.
0: They are. They are.
1: It's bad we can't play music.
0: And the best part is, there's no real lyrics to get distracted by. It's just really great, ethnically flavored background music.
1: Mm.
0: And yeah. that guitarist, like, I don't know how he does it. Yeah. He, he makes the same notes sound different in every song. Like or he is a real uh, guitar.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't quite call him a phenom, but he's he's no. pretty spectacular. Yeah, that I don't know. I would like to know the psychology of it, but because there's got to be that I have always gotten more out of music if it doesn't have lyrics. I am oh, yeah. a huge instrumental fan. Yeah, if all music could be instrumental, or even if the vocalist wasn't speaking. A real language,
0: right? Like Sigur Ros, from Iceland.
1: Yep. I have no idea what the guy says, right? But it sounds great. Yeah, it just (laughs) sounds musical. Yeah, right, and it allows for the vocalist to be a musician in the band and not just someone who's uh, singing about, well, their media. Oh, I know. I'm the same way. There's a
0: song I have in my liked songs collection by this. Uh, he's like Japan's version of, who's that artist that came out like fucking 10, 15 years ago from Winnipeg and he had a couple of hits and then he disappeared back into the woodwork and he played all the instruments himself. He had a couple of hits on the radio and then disappeared. Anyone who's listening will know exactly who I'm talking about because he's like the only person that's come out of Winnipeg, uh, that's, that hit it big since, um, Chantal Kervia
1: isn't it the Guess Who from fucking Winnipeg? Yeah,
0: but from <laughs> eons ago, Uh There have been other artists that have come from there since then. Of since course. then, but uh, but yeah, uh, this guy that I was that I've been listening to uh, is kind of like Japan's version of this guy, in the sense that he plays all the instruments on his music, and he sings in Japanese. But I don't care. Right. I have no clue what he's saying, and I don't care to know what he's saying. And because it's a different, completely different language, the mu- the singing is just another instrument right. that is blending in with the rest of the instruments. Yep. which is a which is a really bizarre and yet incredibly enjoyable way to listen to music.
1: Yep,
0: no distraction. What is he saying? Don't care. Sounds great.
1: Yeah, it's funny. I've never cared. I've never cared. I've listened to, I've listen, listened to albums hundreds of times and I don't know the words to the songs hundreds like I could sing the chorus because a monkey could sing the chorus right like it's 12 words repeated but I couldn't tell you I couldn't sing any verse really or if I can sing the verse I don't know what the hell I'm singing Hmm. it's just the music and I've been that way for I think ever since I was a little 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 kid when my aunt introduced me to Pavarotti and I was enamored. That was, it changed my life. And obviously, I don't speak a lick of Italian. So, but I think maybe that's where it came from. Love it. So there you have it, folks. For those of you that are keeping score, the
0: theme, the motto of this episode was send in the clouds, which is a play on a song from many, many years ago and uh, it's funny because that's a piece of music and we started talking about clouds and cloud services and that eventually led to entertainment cloud services and then music, so we've come full circle and I think that's exactly where we will leave it for this episode thanks for tuning in, thank you see you next time, bye